Hey there, welcome to Mosaic Midweek, a series of videos designed to help you follow Jesus. We are journeying as a community through the Gospel of John, and now we find ourselves in John chapter 7. Last Sunday, Josh Myers, a church planter who uh, we're looking at planting up in the Blaine area, did a great job diving into John chapter 7. If you missed that, go ahead and listen to our Sunday podcast or check out that video of that message. But this week, as I've been kind of ruminating on chapter 7 and, and meditating on it, I just had a few thoughts I wanted to share. So go ahead and grab your scripture journals, grab your, your Bibles, and let's dive into John chapter 7 tonight. A few years ago, Kristen and I got the wild and crazy idea to drive our three young kids at the time, this is before Mariah was born and Andrew I think was only two years old, to drive from Minnesota all the way up to northern Idaho, basically the border of Canada and Idaho. And this was a long, long drive. I think it was something like 1,500 miles or something crazy with three young kids, you know, a two-year-old, a, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. But we decided to break it up and to stay a couple nights in a cabin in Glacier National Park. Now, Glacier, I think, is one of the most amazing, most beautiful places in our entire country. If you've never been there, you got to make it uh, a priority to get there at some point in your life. Well, we decided to stay there and do some hiking, some exploring with our kids. And, and we had a lot of fun hiking and exploring until one day we were looking at different hikes to do. And I saw this one hike and I thought, you know what? Let's do that one. And Kristen kind of looked at me and said, are, are you sure that our family can handle that? And I was like, yeah, no, no worries. Doesn't matter if it says, you know, expert level hike on the map. We can do this. Boy, was I wrong. Well, we set out on this journey down towards this kind of river brook area where there's this beautiful valley and we we're kind of starting at a high elevation. We we're going to descend quite a long ways. Well, we brought a little bit of water with us, but not enough. <laughs> so we hike all the way down and it was long and I had Andrew on my back on one of those carriers and Kristen's helping Rebecca and Joshua down and we finally make it down to this river bed and it's gorgeous and, and we're sitting on these big rocks and looking at this mountain river rushing by and, and it's cool and refreshing but then we had to go back up. Well, about halfway up that journey, which took about two hours of hiking with these little ones, we ran out of water. And as we continued to hike, Chris and I started to get a little desperate. We thought, oh my word, what is going to happen? We have no water. Our children are crying now. They're sobbing. It's hard. We're hiking up this steep embankment all the way up. It's, it's a long, long hike. And you know what happened? We prayed. We're like, God, we need some water. And God didn't miraculously provide water, except what he did provide was some people who were coming down the mountain, and they shared their water with us, thankfully. And actually, 
God did send those people to us to share their water with us. And that was enough to get us back to our car. And we said, okay, never again do we do a family hike or really any kind of hike until we know exactly how steep this hike is and how intense it is. But have you ever been in a situation like that where you are just dying of thirst with what it feels like you don't have water and, and you're worried what's going to happen? You've maybe been in a situation like that before. Well, the ancient Israelites, when God led them out of bondage to the Egyptians, he led them through the Red Sea on dry land and then into the wilderness. Well, as they wandered in that wilderness on their way to the promised land, they camped at this site where they thought, okay, this is a good place to stop for the night. There is one issue though. There is no water around. Now we're talking about you know, a million people with no water and the people start grumbling, they start complaining and Moses, he's listening to this and he's like, God, what am I going to do with all these people who are grumbling, who are complaining? They need water. They, they, they need to quench their thirst. So God says, take your staff, the same staff that you, you know, raised up to lead them out of the Red Sea, that you used to raise them out of the Red Sea, and you're going to strike this rock and out of it, is going to flow streams of living water. Strike that rock, and out of it will flow streams of water. Moses did, and water poured forth, and the people had life. They had water. Well, fast forward maybe uh, 1,500, 2,000 years, and in Jesus' day, they would gather together in what's called these Feast of Booths, where they build these little portable shelters as a reminder that once they wandered in the wilderness, and uh, they had kind of two main parts of this festival. We're going to talk about the first one. And on Sunday, a little teaser alert, I'm going to talk about the second one. Well, in the first one, they would remind themselves that once they were wandering in the desert and they were thirsty with no water. And so what the priest would do is he'd take this golden uh, pitcher of, and then he'd, he'd go to the pool of Siloam where Jesus healed that man uh, who was lame for 38 years. And, and they'd fill up the pitcher with water and they'd bring it back and then they'd pour the water on the altar and everyone would cheer. And this is a reminder that God had had brought them water when they were in desperately in need. And they would do this for six days in a row. And then on the seventh day, just like walking around the, the, the walls of Jericho, they would do it uh, six times. And then on the seventh, they would lift that pitcher as high as they could, and everyone would cheer and wait for the priest to pour the water. And it's this pregnant moment where everyone's excited. All right, we're going to celebrate. We're going to dance. We're going to remember that when the rock was struck, water poured forth. And it's at that moment while everyone is waiting and the priest is lifting high this pitcher of water. Well, this is what Jesus does. In John chapter 7, verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, again, they do this seven times, and then on the seventh time, they have this pregnant moment of their waiting, and so this is the moment Jesus now, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out in this moment of waiting, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So in this moment where they're celebrating where the rock was struck and out of it poured living water, when they're remembering this, Jesus stands up in that moment and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Everyone's like, wait a minute. What? What are you saying, Jesus? What are you saying in this moment? We're remembering back to Moses, remembering that rock that was struck and out of it flowed rivers of water. Jesus is saying, I am that rock. I'm going to be struck on the cross and then out of me will flow rivers of water. And when you drink deeply of me, you will no longer be thirsty. Just like the Israelites and that rock that was struck so they could have water. Now, the rock, Jesus, is going to be struck and living water is going to flow out and all who drink it will no longer be thirsty. But it gets even better than that. He says, out of his heart, the ones who believe in Jesus will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. See, in this time, the Holy Spirit only descended on a few people, only on prophets or on a priest, just certain privileged individuals. But the Holy Spirit had not been given to the world yet. But after Jesus died on the cross, after he rose again in victory and spent 40 days appearing to his disciples, to 500 of his followers, he ascended into heaven so that then he sent the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, all received the Spirit. That is what Jesus is pointing to here in John chapter 7. And he's saying that those of us who are followers of Jesus, who believe in Jesus, who believe that the rock Jesus was struck for us and out of him flow rivers of water. And as we drink deeply of him, out of us is going to flow rivers of water. And that is the Holy Spirit is going to pour out of us to a thirsty world around us. Isn't that amazing? What a beautiful picture that we come to Jesus, our rock who was struck for us so that out of him flows streams of living water. And as we drink deep, just think of being so tired, so thirsty, maybe on that hike and the sun is beating down and and, and the water, that cleansing water refreshes you and pours over your head and into your mouth and you are refreshed. But even better than that, then we become conduits of that living water around us, which is the Holy Spirit pouring out of us, bringing cleansing water, refreshing water, life-giving water. If you have bowed the knee to Jesus, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then what Jesus wants to do is he wants to flow through you to have his spirit come out of you as streams of living water. That is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus. What an amazing privilege. This week, may you know that you can go to the rock that was struck for you, that you can drink deeply of that water, that your thirst can be satisfied, that you don't need to look at the things of this world to satisfy that thirst, but you can look to Jesus to satisfy that thirst. And even better, that you can know that Jesus wants to use you, to flow through you, to allow the Holy Spirit to come out of you, to bring blessing, to bring healing, to bring renewal, to bring life to a thirsty, dying, hurting world. This week, where can you bring that living water? Maybe to your spouse, 
to your children, to your neighbors, to your coworkers? Where can you bring that living water? Where can you bring healing, forgiveness, hope? That is what Jesus desires for you and me as his followers. So this week, may you know that Jesus is your living water, that when we believe in him, that our thirst can be quenched, but then he gives us the Holy Spirit to pour out of us streams of living water so that we can bring healing and hope to those around us. Let us drink deeply of Jesus this week and allow this spirit to flow through us. Have a great week. See you on Sunday.